Hello, and welcome to Boss Talks, a weekly podcast where we chat with the bosses of the multifamily industry. Who are these bosses? They might be a manager of many, a leader with no title, or just passionate about what they do. Join our host, Evan Happel, Director of Marketing at Community Boss, as he talks with this week's guest. All right, welcome everybody to episode 24 of Boss Talks. It's a beautiful Wednesday, at least here in Seattle. I hope it is for you wherever you are as well. But I have a great guest today, Robert Velez, or Bobby V, as he likes to be known on the internets. He's pretty active in places like the Facebook group, the Official Apartment Management and Maintenance Support Group. He posts a lot in there. He's newly on LinkedIn. Partly because I prodded him and said, hey, you should get on there, man. I personally enjoy his content. I think he has a lot of things to offer, both from a comedy relief standpoint, but also he's just a good dude. He has a good heart and his motivations are pretty awesome too. So he's been in the industry for about 10 years. Before that, he was in the military for four and a half or so years. And there's been a few other things along the way that he's done, but I'd love to have you meet him. So I'm going to add Bobby to the show. All right, man. Thanks for being here. All right. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And like I said, I've met you, quote unquote, through Facebook. You're pretty active within one of the groups that is more specific to multifamily. And we actually stream directly into that group. So I'm sure there'll be a few people that jump on here from there. But I think you've been in that group probably one of the longer members, but also pretty active. And so why in the beginning did you get so active in that group? A few years ago, I started working at a property, a luxury property. And uh, I had one of my friends that was already part of the group. And that's the group name. Just want to put a shout out there for Gary. Yeah. uh, Gary out there, apartment and maintenance support group. They said, hey, you got to try out this group. They share a lot of good stuff, a lot of funny stuff, a lot of serious stuff. And I'm, I've always been very much into comedy. So believe it or not, the first time I got onto that group, uh, that first month, they said I had, they sent me something saying, you've been the person that's most engaged and most posted out of all the thousands of people. So I got really hooked real fast. Yeah, because there's over 50,000 people that are in that group. And you definitely post more than most. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And most people, you know, (laughs) posting things that are like questions or venting, or sometimes there's funny memes and stuff. But by and large, what you post is it's a way of venting, but through humor. It's been fun to see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I started realizing there's a lot of people out there that have the same questions, the same issues, the same frustrations. And uh, it's always good to have a place to talk about that. Your story of getting into this industry is somewhat unique because you had a path of going through the military. Did you go into the military straight out of high school or what was your, I guess, path forward in that? Yeah. When I went to join the military, I was straight out of high school. I was living in Puerto Rico and uh, I tried college like many people. uh, College isn't for everybody. And I wish they would have told me that growing (laughs) up. Yeah. Because it's not for everybody. And uh, I actually have a little bit of AD and it's something that I've got under control now. But I didn't know that growing up and actually went through the military, went through school, had no idea. And then I started realizing that's behavior modification you have to deal with. And, uh, and that's great. So what ended up happening was I tried to go to school, to college, 
the first semester out of high school and I realized it just wasn't working out for me. And uh, I was living with some people in Puerto Rico that were family. I was basically adopted by them. I was going to a church. I was very active in a church and they took me in, but then they started realizing, they said, well, you know what? You're starting to get a little bit older it's time to become independent. They adopted me. So they're trying to push me to do something to get a little bit of structure. So when they saw that school wasn't working out for me, they recommended the military and it opened some doors. And how was your experience serving in the military? Like a lot of people, uh, you would hear, oh, I was tricked into this specific job or they told me this. They always say my recruiter lied. They just uh, say whatever they need to say to try to get you to come in and do something. And I think no matter what you choose, it's still going to be an amazing experience, a shocker, a culture shock. But I thought it it was a great experience. That's right. My wife anyway. So. I got something oh. amazing out of it. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So did it help you get any skills that have helped you now or getting into maintenance initially with this industry? Was that, I, you shared how you, how that happened and you can share that here too, but. So what I ended up doing was I served all together four and a half years and I was trying to figure out what to do work-wise. And basically once I got out of the military, I came out to the civilian world. I was working security. And I had a good friend that was a maintenance supervisor at a really rough property in the area. And he says, hey, we can bring you in. We'll teach you. And I was very willing to come in and learn. So basically, I came in with this idea that basically I was using some of these things. Like, for example, when you're in the military time, there's no such real, there's no such thing as I get off at five o'clock. I'm going home. It's it's all borrowed time because you belong to them. So you could say okay, I get off for five. I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go. And at nine o'clock they say, we need for you to come in and we're going to clean these barracks. Okay. And so I think that part prepared me for the on-call and for the emergency Mm -hmm. situations, because I feel like it's all time that as far as working, I I come in and I'm not going to be one of those people that are like, oh, this day is so long. I could deal with that. Yeah. And it may make for a good comedy bit later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's all comedy. Life is, uh, is full of that. I'm constantly writing on my phone, all the little notes. And I just saw something that said, I need to write that down. That's going to be a meme later. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, it might come from the fact that you have ADD. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of gift. And that's yeah. where like you can view your AD as a gift because it's like, it allows you to have this creativity and this ability to come up with this, a lot of different things, thoughts, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Something, so something that I think is pretty unique when I think about what I do for a living is that I really love to serve people. So in my sense of humor and the things that I share, a lot of times you'll find that it'll be just funny stuff that we know that not every, let's say in my job, working in the apartment industry, we know that not every resident or every person that comes to the door that we take care of, not everybody is rude. Not everybody's going to treat you in a bad manner. And that, that could happen anywhere. But every once in a while, yeah, I'll share something that it's a kind of blanket statement, but we know this only applies to the people that are not treating you well. And a way to vent because we know that we could never, and if you have a good heart, you're never really going to address somebody in the way that we would joke in a humor type of fashion. So it helps us and talk about something and say, look, this just happened to me. And other people are like, that happened to me too. And we, we address it amongst each other. But then when it comes down to it, serving is really the number one priority. That's always been my, what I feel inclined to do. To the point of you went into maintenance for a time, then you went, went back to school. 
Yeah. And that was like a focus on three, essentially. Yes, it was. Yeah, I was my first two and a half, two years, nine months. I worked doing worked in this property that I said was really rough. And in a kind of funny manner, I guess, even the way that I think, I saw how rough the work was. It was a lot of work. There were times that I, I still remember one time, and, and it's possible that the person that was my property manager is out there. And we'll be able to say, that's true, that happened. There was one weekend that I had about 22 calls, of emergency calls, HVAC, air conditioner, plumbing. I lost track of how much time I had been out there. And when I came in on Monday morning, I remember she says, we were supposed to turn in our time to let them know how long we were out there so we could get paid. And I said, I don't even know. And I actually broke down and started crying because it was just so hard. It was such a hard going back and forth. You get home after fixing something and then that phone rings again and you go back out. Yeah. And so that had me thinking, rethinking my life. What exactly should I be doing? How can I? And so I went, I left and I started studying ministry and actually got a bachelor's degree in religious studies because I felt like God was calling me to ministry to serve. And I was still trying to figure out my purpose in life. Yeah. And that led you to sell everything and move back to Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, we sold the house, we sold the cars and everything we had, we left and that was all on faith, but we still moved around a little bit because my wife doesn't speak Spanish. And when we got to Puerto Rico, we we're there about a year and a half. And I was like, you know what, we need to go back to the States. And we went to Tennessee and that's where I finished off my bachelor's degree. And, but when that happened, I ended up coming back to Charlotte because my wife's family is from Charlotte, some of them. My mother-in-law is here. And so we just came back to where we left, but where we left from. And basically I was trying to have some changes in some of the thoughts that I was having according to the theology and someone, my first supervisor from the first time, he was already up, he had gone up the ranks in another company and he says, Hey, we've got an opportunity over here. Would you be willing to come in? And so I thought to myself, well, I'll just come in and do this until I figure out what I'm going to do on the ministry side. But it turned out that I started realizing that the four years that I've been away, I still am passionate about people. I still want to serve. And I realized that I could still, in a certain way, even though it's not a religious type of thing, I can still communicate with people and people still want to be heard and still, people still need for you to take care of their problems. And it's almost like a ministry scenario. So I figured I could do two things. I could help fix things and repair things, but also listen to people's problems and help them out. Yeah. And... This is the industry to you, as you are, I'm sure, well aware. And I found out during my time on site in my capacity that if you're willing to listen, people, a lot of people don't have anybody to talk to. Oh, yeah. And, right. they, and they will tell you their story. Oh, yeah. So in, in my case, I specifically, I really feel passionate about serving people and I really feel passionate about talking to them and what I've realized really in the apartment industry that I feel that is unique, people want someone they can talk to. And sometimes when they're disgruntled, when they're mad, they're angry, they're not angry at you. They're not necessarily mad. They're just, they feel that like they haven't been hurt. They feel like nobody's listening. They feel like, you know what? I mean, a lot of times when I've gone into someone's home, let's say I show up at a property for the first time and I start working there and they're like, I say, so I try to approach it and they say, hey, my, my AC is not working. And, uh, blah, 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 and they're going on and on and pissed off and angry. And I say, well, I said, I understand what you're going through. And I'm sorry that this has been your experience. I've never been here. So 
How can I help you? Tell me what's happening. What, what exactly is it doing? And then I say, well, this is the steps. And I over communicate with them even. And all of a sudden it turns into something where they're like, this is an amazing experience. You're the most professional person I've talked to. And so that's what I seek to do every time yeah. I go into an apartment so that even if I'm not there for very long, cause I have to go do something else, they, I can still cause impact. Oh, yeah. And you pointed that out as something that you wanted to discuss was just the idea of being able to deescalate situations and being able okay. to, I guess, be there for somebody and let them get it out. Right. And then it can really obviously lead to, okay, now we can clean whatever we need to clean or we need to fix whatever we can fix now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I specifically recently, I had a situation with a resident that we were having a lot of changes in, in management, not management, but office staff and all that. And the person was really mad because they really couldn't, it's like they were playing tag with us. They felt they couldn't get a hold of us when they were available. And we have to be at this location and we have training. We have to close the doors for a moment. And this person showed up and it happened to be that my property manager, shout out to my property manager, Meg Martino out there, amazing property manager. She was out on an emergency and this resident showed up and she says, look, I'm so mad. She was like, it seemed like she was ready to move. And then I said, talk to me. I understand what's happening. Talk to me. What, what is happening? And she said, well, I've got this and this and this and this. I said, look. I'm about to go out to lunch. That's what I was doing on my way out. I'll come and visit your apartment and I'll write down everything. And if I could take care of it there, I'll do it. And if not, talked to her for a few minutes, went back to see her after lunch. And after that, she sent an email. After I went over there, she sent an email to my property manager. You guys amazing. Bobby's amazing. And I'm sorry that I blew up. And to me, that's, to me, that's what's fulfilling. I think not everybody thinks that way. There's a fulfillment, a happiness, a satisfaction that we feel. When we know that we make people, we're changing lives. We really are. And really that goes for anybody, both in this industry or any job. If you're just willing to be a good human and a listening ear, and there's a lot of people that are in their jobs, they don't have anybody else to talk to and they have their coworkers and that's it. That's right. um, it can be hard for a lot of people. So especially the last few years, I'm sure it got amplified even more as you were interacting with your residents and they were just stuck inside. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen, and it's funny because uh, not to change the subject, but I've seen some of the funniest things and I'm sure a lot of us have Yeah, going into the visiting people, especially when they're in their homes and have scenarios where, like I said, I see everything through the lens of comedy or not everything has to be super serious, but I do pull from different things and comedy. I put that to the side. Okay. I'm gonna put that in that compartment. I'm gonna save that for later. Yeah. And then you see other things. You're like, people are adapting to this thing about being behind closed doors. And so I've had people where. They're working behind the desk, call center style. And maybe when they're talking to me, they're addressing each other in words that I'm like, wow, that was rough. But then all of a sudden the call comes through and they're like, thank you for calling Wells Fargo. How can I help you? Like, wow, that was amazing. That was what a amazing. switch. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing how you did that. But uh, you see really interesting things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember one of your posts somewhat recently. It was that you started it off trying to be somewhat sentimental about being helping out somebody or getting, I think you were getting some kudos from a resident potentially. And then you got called back or had to go clean up some kind of mess. I want to say the toilet blew up or something. I don't know. Remember, you made, I can't a, post. Remember. You made yeah. a post. It was very sentimental. And then at the very end, it was like, gotcha. So anyway. Oh yeah. And I can't remember. Oh, I'm always posting stuff. Oh boy. But. 
There's always something happening. And I draw a little bit of humor from that. But I guess the interesting thing is that as far as the way my mind works, I every once in a while you'll see that maybe I'll actually comment on something. And it's really well thought out. At least in my opinion, I try to make it well thought out. I'm trying to give good advice, et cetera, et cetera. And I almost make it clear. I'm like, hey, all jokes aside, I almost start almost always all jokes aside. Hope it works out. But because uh, I think we have to, at least in my opinion, I I feel like we have to be all things to all people without losing yourself. That's I think that's the main thing is not losing your authenticity to be yeah. authentic, to be who you are, but also be able to be a chameleon to a certain extent. And this person needs for me to talk to them. I talk to them. This person needs to be short about it and just get the work. I can do that. And that just takes the skill of paying attention, I guess, really seeing like their body language and how they're communicating. Of course, and me, the property manager and I, sometimes we have somebody come in and I'm glad that you said that. This is the AD speaking. The, our property, ma the property manager, the other day I was, I've been training for a multi-site assistant position that I'm currently in. And we were listening to somebody. She was speaking about the process for applying for the apartment, et cetera, et cetera. And we tend to both be like, we like to look at what they're saying. And we also like to see what they're not saying. And it was so interesting to watch her talking to the resident, to the prospect, and the prospect asked a question about a plot, something about the credit or this or that. And, and the property manager, Meg, she realized, she says, um, what is it about the process that you're concerned about? And she came out and said something. And she was like, look, we can help you with that. That's fine. This might happen, but we're going to try to, she was offering hope. And I just thought that was such an amazing thing because it's exactly that that you're saying. Sometimes they're not being clear with what they're saying, but you have to watch. They're saying what they're not saying. And so it's an amazing experience, it's a real growing experience, I think. Yeah. So that all recently happened. You got pr a promotion, right? Yeah. And you went from 10 years in the maintenance side of things right. to now you're in the office. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. Is, is that an has that been an adjustment? A serious adjustment because yeah. I missed my cargo pack, cargo pockets. I, I missed that. <laughs> and, and I'm always wearing a nice shirt and maybe a tie or. And uh, it's still new to people too, because I'm actually working in the same place where I was working maintenance for the last six, seven months. I moved up and started working as the assistant community manager there. And we got a new maintenance, maintenance technician, service manager, amazing guy. And uh, he's getting stuff done. And it's really interesting because people are still getting used to seeing me in dress clothes. And there's still people that are finding out right now. They're like, Hey, you're looking nice today. Oh yeah. But what was your rent? I'm kidding. No, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, but no, but they say, you're looking nice. Oh, wow. What's happening? I was like, oh, I work in the office now. Oh, anyways. So that's been a, a serious adjustment, but I love it. I love it. I was a little overwhelmed at the beginning. Sure. But, uh, they were, were taking in rent payments and there's a lot going on. And yeah. I want to say this officially because on that Facebook group, we talk about this. I've never thought that the office doesn't do anything. There's a debate out there of who does more work. But these people that work in the office, like I'm doing now, and I don't even know everything there is to know yet. I'm learning, but I'm trying to grasp it as, as fast as possible and starting to get the work really good. But these people that work in the office, we it's really underrated what they're doing. They're not recognized enough. They're handling so many things, and yet we sometimes reduce it to just, you're just behind a desk answering phones and handing out work orders. They're doing a lot of work. So I want to settle that debate. It's a lot of work and you have to be in it to know. So yeah. it's not taking away from either one. Just yeah. saying that it's a lot of work for both. It's just different work. It's different work and it's a lot.
Yeah. 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 There's not a bunch of people like complaining about being a leasing agent or a property manager and how they mm -hmm. want to pay potentially right. leave, leave the job because it was easy. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was too easy. I'm getting out of here. There's just not enough to do in here. <laughs> Psych. Nobody said that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think at the end of the day, we can always say that about people when we've never done their. Yeah. You're right. And at the very beginning, we actually had a conversation with her in front of somebody else. And it was a brief misunderstanding where she thought I was saying that, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like to be maintenance. And, and I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I haven't walked in your shoes and you haven't walked in mine. So what I was saying was we can't have two strong opinions unless we've done both right. about each other. So I can't say you don't do hardly anything in here or, or as much as I do because I'm on call or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They both have their challenges for sure. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I got to see firsthand the work that really both, I was the outsider looking in at both because I lived on site and mm -hmm. I helped facilitate events for the community. Mm. So I lived there. And so I got to know the maintenance folks and also the leasing folks really well. Oh, yeah. And, but I could see from the outside their jobs, both jobs, yeah. challenges that they faced. And, oh yeah. It's just in the, at the end of the day, very eye-opening as to how people live too. And the oh, challenges yeah. of how people live could be tied to a lot of things, how they're, how they grew up, oh, yeah. their mental health. Oh, yeah. um, and you just don't realize that some people live in a way that is just shocking, really. I agree. And, and then you, and then they leave it and you have to clean it up. But really you're sad. like, how'd you live that way? Like, how is that? Yeah. Thing? It's sad, but I think you hit on something that's really important and it's that we, we're really affected by, we're a product of how we grew up and our surrounding and how we were taught. And we try to take that into consideration, definitely. Yeah. As we're observing what's happening around us. Yeah. I think adding to school, like basics of what it, maybe how to rent and like what's respond, what you're responsible for. Oh yeah. Maybe that needs to be in high school. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I had a post one time. It was a meme where I was, I put an audiobook, some headphones and an audiobook, And I said, your lease, like, Saying that we need an audio book of the lease so that we can listen to that and not come to the office and say, well, that's not on my lease. Or how can we have to do this? Well, it's on your lease. Have you read page seven? Maybe that's how they fall asleep. They listen to it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Don't listen to your lease tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's been really interesting. A lot of paperwork and we actually had a situation just a few days ago where I was trying to help with the lease. And it's, I think this is confirmation of, because I'm so new to the job, uh, specifically in the office, I, there, I've had thoughts where I'm like, should I do this? Or should I go back to doing this? Or like, where should I go? I want to make sure that I am where I'm most comfortable. Yeah. And, and this person specifically was flustered looking at the lease, trying to figure out how to sign it. And I'm trying to speak to her. And she, it's like, she didn't really quite know what she wanted, whether or not she wanted me to help or not. And I was trying to be patient. I said, do you need to take this home and just come back on Monday, et cetera, et cetera. And then after the property manager had to step out for a moment, she said to me, you need to stay in the office because what you did there was amazing. You saw I was flustered, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you told me, you can offer if I could take it home. And I was being difficult, she says. And I just thought that was an amazing thing. It was confirmation for me because sometimes you may think that you're not causing an impact or that you're not really helping people, but they see what we're doing. And that's no matter where you're at. They yeah. see what you're doing. So I think that's a great thing. The payoff is amazing. Yeah, I think if you really spent the time, you should probably write curriculum for people because 
the idea of de-escalation and also mm. just the importance of the maintenance role mm. in the community. I'd say it's one of the most important because mm. the interfacing with the residents is so much higher. The, the need for customer service, the need for sure. being able to interact with other humans is yeah, yeah. important. And if you can't serve them well, then right. if that's their idea of living here, they're going right. to just take their money elsewhere. That's correct. That's correct. One thing that I've told, especially one of the properties that I'm working at, it was just bought about a year ago or so. And the place has done amazing. It's what the owner is doing with the property night and day. And sometimes you still have some of these people that will say, I still need this and I still need that. And I say, well, since I'm new, I said, I want you to think about something. Okay, just take a moment. And I said, I want you to think what's today's day. And I said, bam, it's uh, December 7th. I want you to think back to December 7th of 2022 or 2021. Where were you? Where were we here? I said, look around you. I said, I would need for you to trust this process. Okay. So here we are and we've already done this much and I'm promising you we're going to be doing more. You just got to give us time. That's important. No, that's good. And obviously you can't do that unless you've been at a place a while working right. to really tell that story, but right. To be able to see it that way, though, and communicate it, oh, um, yeah. I see that being helpful. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, people, they only see what's in front of their face and let that inform how they react. Yeah. We actually had a situation just recently, real fast, where we had an agency that came to give laptops to one laptop per resident. And I can't remember the agency specifically. Huh? One, one laptop per, uh, per apartment, I'm sorry. I mean, that's a lot of laptops. And uh, yeah. we had hot dogs and we had candy for people. I actually, this is separate, but I actually do a little bit of singing here and there. And yeah, I set up a karaoke machine and speaker and I'm over here singing my heart out. I offered for people to do karaoke too, but they don't want to, they just want to listen to me now. So I'm up there singing and whatnot. And I had a resident come up to me in between songs and he says, he's telling me in Spanish and he says, wow, this is amazing. He said, this is amazing. This is happening here. We haven't seen this in a long time. Like we've never seen anything like that. And the person had been there for like 10 years. He says, and I'm going to say it in Spanish and then quickly translate. He says, nos tenían en el olvido. And, if, and that means they had us, and not saying us, saying the people before us, the other management companies and the owners before, they had us in the forgotten place. So basically he was saying anywhere, if there was a place where you could put everything that's been forgotten and just laid aside, he says, that's where they had us. And you guys have brought us back. And I said, wow, this, look at this. When have we ever had people gathering together and you guys are helping the community and hot dogs and this and that. And to me, that's just an amazing thing. Yeah, that's Yeah. It's a complete transition from this is a place that's a business transaction. You give me money and you have the ability to live here as a result is viewing it as no, there's life lived here. And oh, yeah. you have the ability as people that serve it through your job to identify the fact that's true and make it so that people enjoy where they're living and, and also have a good relationship with you guys. Yeah, it's been a pretty amazing experience. And the more that I speak to residents, the more I speak to prospects or over the phone or even, for example, the person that I told you that I was saying that I told her, hey, I'll come and look at the apartment and all that. So there was one thing that she wanted done that that she thought was a big deal initially. And it was some of the blinds had been installed by a previous company and it was brand new blinds, but it looks like they just threw the blinds on there 
with the old the old setup they didn't even put all the hardware together just threw the other ones on there it's all crooked and the way everything was i said look i'm gonna make sure i get you i'm gonna get you new blinds i'm gonna fix this we just need to schedule this okay and so that was the last thing left on the work order from probably a few months ago because i i need a schedule with her and i just emailed her the last two days to follow up on that because we have a new maintenance person that's not gonna be me no more and i said look i want to make good on this and we talked about this when do you want this done? And she wrote back, oh, that's not an issue. Don't even worry about that right now. So it went from being a situation where, you know what? I'm so mad. Maybe I need to leave this place too. You guys have really taken care of me and don't even worry about that. And I said, I emailed her back. I said, if you ever need anything done with that, we'll remember this conversation. Okay. So just let us know. Yeah. You know, so experience. Yeah. Be con con consistent with the care and the, yeah, I guess, good customer service, we'll call it. And Hopefully people have a long memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully. But we got the email. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. That's good. So you had one last thing that we didn't really hit on that you were wanting to bring up was just if you could change something, it would be. And you didn't tell me. So I would just like to leave it there. Oh, yeah. I guess there's I guess there's various things I would change. One thing that I would change is, and this would be anywhere in any workplace, but especially in the apartment industry, speaking with my own experience, is this thing that we like, that people like to do where they wear as a, like a badge of honor of, I work till 10 o'clock at night every day. And I stay, there are people who are workaholics and they're doing a lot more than not, I'm not talking about above and beyond because yeah. everybody has to stay over 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever the case may be. What I would change is, to normalize what's normal, normalize normalcy. So to me, what I would say is for mental health, for physical health and all that, there are people that I'm like, you know what? I always stay till, I always stay till eight o'clock at night. I always stay till nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And they're wearing this as a badge of honor of some sort. And it's great to have work ethic. And I've been there. I've known many years ago, especially at the beginning, where I slept in a vacant apartment that I was trying to get ready worked all night and then maybe slept two or three hours. And if my old property manager is here, she's finding out now. It's been like <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. And then I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to put up blinds. And, and I know what that's like, but you know what? When we say, oh, 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 I work these long hours. I do this, I do that. Let me tell you this. The person that's really, let's talk about the real heroes in this story. The real heroes in the story are the people that are paying the price for these hours that we're spending away from home. The real heroes of the story are the wife, the husband, the fiance, the girlfriend, the whatever, the kids, the vacations that can't be taken. When we right. say, oh, you know what? I had a day off that day. I can't because I got this apartment. I got to finish. Those are, so it's not a badge of honor. Yeah. We need to normalize. Let's put in 110%. And then also let's take our time and go home to our family and our friends. Right. And to, to our loved ones. So if I could change something, it would be to normalize that. And to somehow be able to communicate that also to the people in the corporate world, because I have amazing bosses. I have amazing people in my chain of command, as I would say. But sometimes these are things that I think we need to normalize everywhere for, for sure for to be seen health, mental health, and physical health. Yeah, that's a good word. And I'll oh, leave yeah. it there because oh, yeah. I don't want to add to it. Okay. But yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that because that's an important thing. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, Bobby, I have three questions to wrap things up okay. and hard hitting. Don't worry. <laughs> so as we all know, or maybe we don't all know now, I work for a company called Community Boss and it's in the name community. We function in the physical aspects of the community of helping to maintain order and bring a sense of peace by making it easy to manage your physical spaces. But the idea of community is an important one something I hold dear and to my personal self and my the things that I like to pursue in building community. So how is it that you build community in your personal or professional life? The way I build community is first by, by building, facing in. That's, I face in as in the people that are, that I'm working with, my team, the people that I work with are health. First of all, the body has to be healthy. We have to make sure the morale is good, that the health is well. And then for, to build the community, we face the community and we go out and we're a presence. We're a presence in the community. We let them know, like my boss, as Meg Martino says, I believe she says something along the lines of, I work where you live. You don't live where I work, something like that. And basically she, it's just to say, I'm out here to help you. My, my sole thing is not, Sure, you have to pay rent. Sure, you got responsibilities, but we're there to show them that you know what we are a community. We're we're a family together. That's cliche, but it's a truth. We have to be family in order to take care of each other. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Next question: if You were going to have someone over for dinner. What would you make for them? Oh my goodness! Well, if you ask my wife, she'll say it's going to be rice and beans, <laughs> and she would be right. Something like that. I guess if they don't like Spanish food. I'm not sure what I would have to order out probably. Yeah. No, but it would probably be just rice and beans and some plantains and don't judge me. No, it's good. I love, so my wife is, she's mixed, She's but she's Mexican. And she makes good with Spanish rice. I, but in general, I just like Mexican food. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It really is. I don't know that I've had, and I don't know that I would know really like the nuances of Puerto Rican food though different differently yes i mean there are differences but maybe not worth not really much of a difference the beans i think are different they do the refried beans mexican food is refried beans our beans are different types of beans and they're separate in a sauce with onions and other little things seasoning is probably almost the same except for the spicy stuff yeah i'm down <laughs> for trying it that's for sure oh yeah and then lastly we are here in seattle coffee headquarters of the world really what is your favorite coffee drink starbucks no no but vanilla i'm always talking about starbucks my first videos were always talking about starbucks and uh, no but i love anything vanilla strong coffee i like strong coffee i okay. still put creamer in my coffee but i like strong coffee so yeah i don't think i discriminate too much against coffee coffee is coffee yeah you just gotta know what you're doing yeah it's a fuel for the day oh yeah it's yeah. a way to get going for sure. Bobby, thank you so much again for being my 24th guest here on Boss Talks. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. It's been up to have you, to get to know you, and to interact more and more on online. Hope we can continue that. And for sure. Just like Bobby jumped on mm -hmm. Boss Talks, oh, yeah. if you're watching this, you too can do it. I am somebody that really wants to give a platform to more people in the industry so that they can share what they're the boss of, what they're mm -hmm. great at and what they're passionate about. Awesome. If you're interested, reach out to me. I'd love to get to know you and tell your story. Awesome. Till next week, it's been Boss Talks, and I thank you for watching.
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boss Talks Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out via email at info at communityboss.com. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to like, share, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also watch the podcast live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Community Boss LinkedIn or Facebook pages. Until next time, manage like a boss.